On January 27, 1959, ten hikers set out from the village of Vizhai on a hiking expedition across the northern Ural Mountains within the Soviet Union. The group was experienced, equipped, and healthy, while a winter trek across the snow-covered Urals would be challenging to any who attempted the journey. The Dyatlov group was well-provisioned and energetic. They didn't expect much trouble following their official route through the range that would end at Otorten Mountain, but none of the group made it to Otorten. Sometime during the night of February 1st, nine of the 10 expedition members died. Six perished from hypothermia. They'd gone out into the harsh mountain cold, barely dressed, some not even wearing shoes. It was as if something had caused the group to flee their tent in the middle of the night in a panic, not allowing them to get fully dressed for the snow and the wind. The other three members of the expedition who died that night were not taken by the cold, Instead, their bodies showed signs of extraordinary violence, crushed bones, skulls, rib cages. It was as if they'd been on board a derailed train that crashed with unbelievable force. Not only that, all three who died from trauma also displayed other gruesome injuries, missing eyes, torn out tongues, shredded lips. The official investigation launched in 1959 was notoriously secretive and inconclusive. Theories for the deaths at the time ranged from an avalanche to murderers to military testing or a more paranormal explanation in the form of an unknown beast or strange orange lights spotted in the sky near the site of the massacre. The cause behind the fatal Dyatlov Pass incident continues to spawn new mysteries even as the official reports close. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on Like we always do about this time. Boom. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 329 of the Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Artro. Art, say hello to the millions. Millions. What the fuck is going on? Guys, uh, go to capemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got cacao butter. They got everything your heart desires guys use promo code america at checkout to receive 15 percent off 
Tell them Art and Jacob sent you. Take a picture of yourself drinking the nitro cold brew, drinking the hibiscus tea, wearing the hats, wearing the shirts. They appreciate it. We appreciate it. We especially appreciate it because it just shows that you care and that you listen. That's pretty much it, dude. I, that means that means more than, than money ever will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're getting a lot of money off of that yeah, anyway. No. So. It, it literally means more <laughs> than any amount of money. It strokes our ego. But with that said, guys, speaking of stroking and egos, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SuperApparel.com. We're the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch. I am totally kidding there. <clears throat> Has put together, what I'm not kidding about is, is that she put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So check out the website, check out her store, uh, buy something that you want, love, or desire. Perhaps maybe buy something for somebody that you love, want, or desire. Uh, after all, Christmas is around the corner. I mean, I know we're just started September, but Christmas will be here like that. <clears throat> and it'll be time to buy presents and shit. And what better way to show the people in your life that you care than buying some handcrafted merchandise uh, from a great and powerful person such as Nicole. But before you hit checkout, guys, I need everyone to enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But Art, we're not here to talk about how Caveman Coffee strokes our ego and Christmas presents for our loved ones. Art, what are we here to talk about today? We're here to talk about the... The love <laughs> pass, diet love, diet love pass, or diet love, or however you say it, man. Diet love pass, <laughs> dude. The funny thing is, like, I was in my mind practicing how to say diet love pass. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, let's just say diet love. That, that, that sounds Russian to me, right? You know what? A lot of people call it uh, like dead pass. So okay. that's uh, I guess the natives called it dead pass prior to that, but oh, okay. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I guess we'll get it. It sounds more ominous. Yeah. Even though once you start prying onto why they call it dead pass is apparently there's not a lot of like wild gain out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh don't go there. There's no wild gain there. Yeah. It's just quiet it's like another word for quiet, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's not diet love, but you know, whatever word d- that they use. D- diet Say it. You say it pretty good, dude. Yeah. You, you talk pretty good. Yeah, it's that half white in me, yeah. man. Even though it's only Irish. Dietlof. So. Dietlof. Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Uh, anyways, what is the Dietlof pass incident? So, pretty famous case, man. I'm honestly surprised that we have not covered it. It uh, came up when we did the Yuba County Five, right? Uh, I think it must have come up because they're kind of similar cases where yeah. it's like. You know, a group of people go into nature and get lost or, you know, this was a little bit different because when we did the, the Yuma City 5, um, you know, there were like, okay, where there was, a, I think all of them had uh, mental, mental, mental disabilities to a certain degree, you know, what, but these were experienced hikers. Mm-hmm. They were experienced hikers. They were like on like level two, I believe, is what they were. They were looking for level three yeah. certifications. So I mean, they they were all relatively young, except for one, but all relatively young college students. They were all 
but still relatively experienced people. I mean, they're mm-hmm. Russians, yeah. so <laughs> they must know the cold much better than we know the cold. You adopted the coldness. I was born in it. <laughs> Dude, some of the things that they say, like, you know, like at one point they're in uh, 12 below zero and things like that Fuck that! and it's like dude in bakersfield people start wearing sweaters once it gets like below <laughs> 70 dude it is like literally what what's the temperature it's right cloudy now? cloudy outside and i saw a dude wearing a hoodie this morning dude yeah it is 78 and people are all like that's a little chilly today isn't it dude this morning when i went fishing there were like there were like five like meh, like youngish like 20 year olds or whatever mm-hmm. and they were all wearing like hoodies and like I was like, what the fuck? Dude, it's... Earmuffs. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's not that cold. It's barely cloudy, dude. Like, the sun's <laughs> still peeking through the clouds. Like, it was 77 degrees, and they're all, like, fucking bundled up, yeah. like, about to make their chocolate abuelita and shit. <laughs> like, it was like, dude, come make on. Make sure you put two pairs of socks on so you don't get a cold. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on, dude. I was I was wearing shorts. I was like, whatever, dude, it's yeah. fine. But, yeah, I mean, negative 12 degrees, like, negative... Yeah, it starts, it starts to get a little chilly. Mm-hmm. It can definitely kill a man. Yes. So, oh, what sorry, is this? Yeah. So, basically, what what are we talking about here with this diamond so pass incident? We're talking about a couple of young college students, mostly college students. But let's go through them. Let's butcher these names. Yes. Uh, just looking at the Russian names or whatever. <laughs> uh, the most famous one. I I'm gonna go ahead and just butcher the shit out of these. It's Igor Dvatlov. Igor. Igor Dvatlov. Okay. Uh, Yuri Doroshenko. Yuri Doroshenko. Okay. I got you, baby. Limulada. <laughs> Limunad- <You're>, Limonada. Limonada. <laughs> uh, lemonade. Lemonade. She's a Beyonce fan. Uh, Limonada. Illuminata. Uh, uh, let's do uh, Gregory. Okay, there you go. Gregory Krishonshinsko. Krivashenko. Okay. Krivash- okay. Uh, so up to this point, we're all college students. Alexander <laughs> Kruvelov. Kovat- Kovatov. Kovatov. All right. <laughs> uh, Zin- Zinada. Come on, man. Zineda. Zineda Kolgrova something. Kolmogrova. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikola. There you go. Uh, that one's easy. Um, Brigole. There you go. I can't. I, I can't help know, you with dude. that one. That one's kind of tough. And then this is kind of the outlier. This is uh, not a college student. This is a way more experienced hiker. Kinda. Um, this is. Uh, Zemoy, but really goes by Alexander Zolotrovi. Yeah, that's all you I don't know, dude. I have no idea. And, and then, then there's and then how can you forget Rustam Seo Bowden? Oh yeah, Bowden. How can I forget? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then also to Yuri Yudin. Yeah, Yuri Yudin. Uh, who isn't really part of the crew but is part of the crew apparently there were other people that were part of the crew and they just like decided not to go like mm-hmm. last minute um but we don't have to spend any time on their butcher their names um but in this whole group all of them relatively experienced all all of them have kind of connections to each other although i wouldn't necessarily say that they're all like bffs mm-hmm. um a couple of them are uh, some of them 
there's some people say that there's even romantic relationships in this group. I think Eeyore, you say Igor? I, Igor, yeah. Okay, I thought it was Eeyore. Eeyore is the goddamn donkey from Mooney the Pooh. Yeah, <laughs> Eeyore, uh, Duatloff, <laughs> um, apparently may or may not have uh, been in a romantic relationship with Lindurum. <laughs> Let's just call her Lynn for now. Uh, <laughs> You're coming over through Ellis Island. We're changing so, your name. So, over. yeah, we're going to fucking make you white now. All right. <laughs> your name's Jared. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's small little relationships in this group, but for the most part, not the most, like, tight-knit group. It's not like these guys are all best friends. They all decide mm-hmm. to do this. These are people that were determined to get their, like, level three certification in hiking and yeah. climbing. So, they were on this group expedition to do this i will say one thing that sticks out you the uh the alexander sim simoin or whatever mm. i don't know we'll just call him alexander because that seems to be the thing that mm. he gets called good old alex but he is 38 years old all the other ones are in their early 20s yeah we're talking uh, 20 21 23 22 yeah just like right around that age and he's over here at 38 38 he sticks out he also wants to get a certification uh, he did serve time in the military. One of the things that I was like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, here we go, a super experienced fucking climber and all this shit. Well, apparently he was doing this climb because it was a much shorter climb than the other um, level three certifications, which were a lot longer climbs. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of doing this. He kind of comes across as like a draft dodger. Like he was <laughs> in the military, but he didn't like do any like true military type things. He had like, Rich friends are just kind of like, okay, here's your military time. At different times, but apparently a lot of times you had to do military service in mm-hmm. Russia. So he took like the shortcut to do that. And well, I don't know. It was just kind of like a weird, not what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, if you think like military man, like has level two certifications, he knows what he's doing. He actually did not know what he was doing. Oh, as, really? As much, or like not any more than like anyone else in this group, okay. in my opinion. 38 years old, did not have that much experience. In in my opinion, it doesn't sound like he knew that much more than the rest of the crew okay. here. Which is important. Like when you have a 20-year-old 20, a 20 that has the same experience as you at 38, like that says something a little bit, I guess. So Yeah. I mean, so, Dietloff is really the, uh, the, the guy leader. who has, he's the leader. And really he has the most experience. Like he mm-hmm. has the most interest in climbing. He He's he's a very experienced climber and, and hiker. Yeah, and he's 23 years old. And it's important to note that in 1959, uh, it was formed at the college that he was attending uh, by the political youth organization. So we're talking about communist USSR here, right? So everything uh, that's done is done to, you know, further the communist agenda kind of thing. But in the hi- in the actual hike, too, I mean, the, the whole motivation that was for them to get their level three, but at the same time, it, you had to give tribute, kind of like the mafia, I guess you could say, uh, towards, I guess, like the 21st Congress. That So that'd be like us, like, hey, dude, we're going to get our Class A uh, driver's license so we can drive, like, big rig trucks and shit. Uh, but get we got, my forklift certification. But I got Yeah, my forklift certification. But I got to dedicate this to fucking Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> like, Look at Mitch McConnell, dude. <laughs> we're going to stand in place for, like, 30 seconds. 
We're gonna freeze in time. This one, <laughs> this one goes out to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> that shit's fucking scary. It's mean, fucking scary, dude. There's no reason why that guy should have a job, dude. If you do that shit while working at fucking Del Taco, you don't have a job the next day, bro. You're always sitting there ordering, like, yeah, dude. Let me get some Del Scorcho fries, and all of a sudden, like, some old eighty year old dude just like, yeah, dude. All right, all right, Mitch. You're- you, you gotta go home early, dude. If something's <laughs> not right, dude. That's the second time you do that. You need to go talk to HR. But this guy's making important decisions yeah. for our country. I like know? how you know, really quickly, not to get off on a like a liberal tangent or something. It's like, I guess like his group, of, like his like people, his representatives or whatever, are like, oh well, he, he, the doctor said he's fine. He was dehydrated. Like I guess that was the excuse the first time he did. It. Like he was okay. just dehydrated. The second time they're just like, well, you know, he fucking just had a brain fart. So it's fine. <laughs> it was like, dude, just fucking retire already, dude. Like, point, either yeah. retire or die, dude. Like, yeah. it's like not to be gotcho to him, but and his family, but like, you can't be doing that job, dude. Like, no. if your Uber driver did that shit, you would oh, not want hell that. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's getting a one star review, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, just just to say this though, they they had to give tribute toward you know the communist government to do this and whatnot, right? And Igor, he was a radio engineer student at Ural Polytechnic University, and uh, he was given permission by the university and the government uh, to recruit uh, nine other students, uh, so eight men and two other women, and uh, basically, like I said before, you know they were all level two. Uh, hikers or skiers or whatnot. Because in my mind, I'm thinking hiking, like you got, you know, you got Timbaland boots on, you got a backpack strapped on there. But no, like they're like hiking with like skis and shit, right? Like yeah. so when you see the photos of this online and on the YouTube when I post this, um, yeah, they're like, they're like cross trekking with skis and shit. So they're the level two already and mm-hmm. they need to get to level three. And to be able to get to level three, you actually have to complete a level three course. Um, which is, and you said it was a shorter course, which is, I believe, like 183 miles. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like from here to fucking Sacramento, you're on skis, you're going up like a fucking mountain in negative 12 degree fucking temperature or whatever just to get your level three certification and give props to the Russian version of fucking Mitch McConnell, <laughs> and shit, right? Which sounds like a bad time, but for yeah. them, they're outdoorsmen and outdoor women, outdoor people, I guess you could yeah. say. They were all about this life. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, even in the way that they're hiking, because you, you're right, they brought skis, they brought, everybody brings different, like, levels of boots, like, it's, it's not like you show up with one boot and that mm-hmm. you're good for that one. Hey, dude, these are my gym shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, like, at some point, like, some of the clothes, like, you're expecting to fail, like, have rips and all this stuff, so, like, you bring backups to your backups to your backups type of thing. But their style of, like, climbing that they were doing was, like, one person would go out in front of everybody and then then hike back and be like, okay, it's good to go this way. So, like, then they would follow. That's an intense, dude. Like, apparently they were it, – it was it was much a slower trek than, than, like, just everybody hiking in one direction. I feel like such a fat slob because I had to go to the gas station the other day to get something, like, like milk or some shit out of the fucking, you know, gas station, which is literally, like, right around the corner. I was like – uh, I guess I got to drive like around the corner, which is like not even a quarter of a mile and shit. And these motherfuckers are like traveling from Bakersfield to Sacramento basically and shit. Yeah. And then it's like and one, one person walks one mile that way and has to come back and be like, yeah, let's take this way. Now let's all go this way. It was like, That's when arduous. I heard that, I was like, dude, that is rough. Like, yeah. 
But apparently it's safer to do that because if like 10 people all go like that, like in one direction, I have no idea. I That's like a level of like hiking that like yeah. I don't want to get to know. Like, yeah, that's, I'm good. That's, I'm good at being a level zero. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'll just fucking hike the Hart Park Trail or whatever. <laughs> the level zero shit where you can do it in sneakers and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, that That is a tough, tough thing. Like, I can wow. see how that puts, like, your mind, your body, everything mm-hmm. into question. But, yeah, I mean, that was the game plan that they had. That, that's the And they had experience doing that sort of thing. Um, apparently, the beginning of this pass starts off very heavily vegetated trees the further and further going up there's less and less trees mm-hmm. so this is kind of where they're they're headed and and that is kind of where they decided to set up camp mm-hmm. i don't know if you're well it's important to note that they also received like their route like the day that they took off so you know january 23rd 1959 they received their route book um they left uh Sverdlovsk city. So let's just say, you know, Bakersfield or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, and then two days later, so they have to go on train uh, to this Ivdel um, city, right? So it took them two days on train to get this, you know, portion of the country. And then, you know, from there, they had to hop on a truck to get to this other part of the country. So they're going north. So they're going from cold-ass Russia to even colder-ass Russia up north uh, to a place called Vizhai, which is the last inhibited settlement in the north. Uh, They spent the night, and I thought this was, like, adorable, um, where one podcast, like, they did, like, super super deep research where I guess, like, they watched, like, some skating movie and then, like, one of the dudes like snuck in a flask and got all drunk and started singing one of the songs and shit. Uh, and then they also spent time like within the city, like buying a bunch of bread, eating a bunch of bread, basically carving up for like this long trek. Oh yeah, I did see that they they did carve up, and which is kind of an interesting thing. Marathon runners do that sort of thing where they carve up, eat a bunch of pasta mm-hmm. the night before to try to like burn it all off the, yeah. the following thing. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was cool. And then, um, November, or yeah, January twenty seventh, uh, they actually begin the trek, um, and the next day, Yuri Yudin, one of the the hikers, uh, he actually has to turn back because he was experiencing knee and joint pain, um, and also had like a heart defect. And somebody else said that like he was experiencing some kind of sciatica. And it's important to know, like, he's only twenty one years old, so you got to think like. What what kind of rough ass shit did he have to endure to have all those like fifty sixty year old problems at the age of twenty one and shit? Like I already got sciatica and shit. What's sciatica? That's like where like your lower back hurts and like your Aww. leg goes dead kind of thing. Yeah, you know what though? I will say like this is not typical like hiking. So it's like all of a sudden all the shit that you don't feel when you're just sitting there watching fucking. Darla and Greg or whatever, like <laughs> whatever <laughs> shitty TV sh- you're watching or whatever. Yeah. That's a real show, right? Darla I think so. Sounds, sounds right. Sounds yeah. right. Um, <laughs> when, you know, you don't feel that shit, but when you're all like fucking like 90, in- 90 degrees incline in snow and mm-hmm. like all the shit, all of a sudden everybody's got sciatica and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's got a heart de- I got a heart defect. <laughs> I, I got to go back. I got mocos, dude. dude. My mojitos are running, dude. I forgot my, my, forgot my fucking <laughs> tissue. Limonada. <laughs> hey, limonada. I'm, <laughs> I'm headed back. <laughs> my mojitos are running, dude. Yeah, dude. It's Give me my chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it was going to be like 82 degrees. That's why I brought a hoodie. 
Yeah, dude. It's... Yeah, so he turns back, which <laughs> ends up being like the best decision ever is to say that he had sciatica and shit because <laughs> that was the last time he was going to see his friends. <laughs> good decision. Yeah, good decision on his part. Shout out to him and his fucking heart defect or whatever, right? Apparently he like <clears> lived <throat> all the way to like n- not that long ago. It was like 2004 or something like that. Yeah. So Yeah, he lived a nice, healthy life. Yeah, I got to see fucking 9-11 and all this <laughs> got to see some cool shit. <laughs> yeah, with Michael Jackson and shit too, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, so he turns back, and then um, three days later, they arrive at the edge <clears throat> of the highland. So pretty much they're going up, 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 and up, and up the, through this pass and whatnot, and they get to the point where it stops being like a, a nice inc- decline or incline or whatever word I'm trying to use mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like it's, it's gradually going up, and they get to the highland area, and then they have to start traveling up this mountain. Now, it's important to note that this mountain that they were going up, um, they were also experiencing worsening weather. These strong winds. I saw something that was like the winds were kicking up to 65 miles per hour. Uh, some meteorologists, may or may not be Miles Musio, were saying that they might have had hurricane uh, weather. There were reports of hurricane hurricane like winds in the area. Yeah. There were also reports of and this is where you know conspiracy one, though conspiracy that you can tie to anything, at UFOs, but there were there were reports of ball lightning in the mm-hmm. area which I had never heard of before. Yeah. Um which just I don't even know if that's a thing, but apparently it's a thing. People say that there was ball lightning in the area, so Yeah. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, so they not only were they starting to like their journey upward even further, uh, but they were experiencing all this catastrophic weather. Uh, the snow started to hit harder. Uh, it started even the weather itself, like the temperature started to dip down. Like we we're talking about how it was negative twelve. Uh, some estimates reported that like it was starting to go down to like negative twenty four, which is a lot considering thirty degrees Fahrenheit. Is freezing, and you already have gone down it, you know, past negative twelve, and it's starting to go past negative twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, the weather started to get worse and worse. And oh yeah, you're going up this mountain, which the local um, Mansi tribe, which is like the natives in the area, whatnot, right? These Asian-looking motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which look like our Native Americans, which give even you know a stronger case uh, for the Bering Alaska Strait. Alaska and Russia touched at one point. Yeah, the Bering Strait, right? Yeah. So anyways, uh, the Mansi tribe, you know, call this mountain the Kolat Sayakal, right? In their language, which is called the Dead Mountain, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so they start to go up this mountain, which had a a steep decline or incline, whatever word I'm trying to, you know, think of right now. Uh, And they have to stop for the night. And little did they know, like Art was saying, you know, somebody had to go up you know, to make sure it was safe and then come back and report, but like, hey, it's safe. The weather was actually deviating their path to the west. So instead of going up the straight line, they started to deviate to the left, to mm-hmm. the west, and it messed them all up. And so what they decided to do is like, hey, instead of going all the way back down to the highlands where they probably would have been safer until like the weather passed, uh, they decided to set up camp on the slope of this mountain. And... The problem is, is that because of that, you know, they put themselves in a peculiar situation where even before uh, Yuri Yudin took off, he, 
you know, uh, Dyatlov, he told him, he said, hey, we expect, you know, about, you know, February 8th to send a telegram back to the camp that we took took off from uh, to let you know, like, hey, you know, we're we're all good. We made it back. Give us our level three certification. Put Mitch McConnell's uh, face <laughs> on that motherfucker. Uh, everything's all good or whatever. Right. Uh, but don't be surprised because it looks like the weather's starting to pick up uh, if it's not a couple days after that. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty much they set up camp, and that's the last time anybody ever sees them again. You know what? There were a couple of, like, journal entries. I, they all took turns, like, writing in, in their journals, which is kind of adorable. Yeah. But um, some people say that there might have been even been animosity uh, between some of the some of the the group members. One guy like literally says like I don't really have a lot to say like and that's like his journal entry. Mm-hmm. One guy says in two days you're gonna have like some snarky remarks and he was referring to Dyatlov's because oh, okay. in two days Dyatlov was gonna write and and like like you know whether like everybody was on board with these plans like whether they were slightly deviating on purpose or if this was you know what was going on not sure obviously we'll never know um but whether they knew it or not they was it was happening like they were deviating slightly off their path and whether they were supposed to be there or not i mean that's part of the conspiracies that we'll explore explore down the line but but um I mean, maybe it wasn't all like fucking sunshine and rainbows, you know. And 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 you have to kind of like figure, like, all right, it's mostly guys. There's two girls. I don't know, like, <laughs> if you've ever been in a group like that, but like, oh, they're I all could, buying for the girls' attention. Yeah, I could see how like all of a sudden you get some Jesus motherfucker, <laughs> Fuentes, not Jesus, Gutierrez. Jesus Fuentes motherfucker showing up. Is he online? Just, oh, just Gutierrez. So, oh, just just so. good Jesus, yeah. Yeah, you have, like, fucking, like, bad Jesus all of a sudden, like, trying to, like, get attention from the girls, like, saying he's going to drink 15 mimosas. <laughs> Bring Lamina <laughs> Cantina back. He's like, I got to go to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Limonada. <laughs> Limonada, check this out. <laughs> I'm drinking 15 I mimosas. I just drafted fucking Cooper, injured Cooper Cup <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor. I drafted Taylor. nothing but injured players, all right? <laughs> I call this the hospital. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be a good ha- team for a for a fantasy football team. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I could see how like you have young motherfuckers like that, and they might start doing some dumb things or saying some dumb things, maybe starting to slightly get on each other's nerves, or even challenging for a fucking leadership position too. Like yeah. if you see someone like go off in the distance, and you're seeing like the weather is starting to get worse, and you're like, hey, maybe we should like take up camp behind these trees instead of on the slope of fucking dead mountain uh-huh. like you're gonna start questioning and again you're like in your early early 20s that's like when your testosterone is hitting hard yeah you're doing dumb things and you would think the 38 year old alexander would mm-hmm. uh step in but like i mentioned earlier he didn't have that much more experience than these other guys mm-hmm. he was basically apparently he played he had a lot of favors from like the the Communist Party like pulled some strings for him to like go ahead and put him on the easier path. Like go just go hiking with these teenagers. They're doing a shorter, twenty <laughs> uh, year olds. They're doing a shorter path. Just go with them. They know what they're doing. So he apparently just kind of like minded his business. Was cool with everybody, according to the journal entries. That was the way he was described. But um, yeah, I could see how 
if this was not a good place to be and all of a sudden he's like, I don't know, don't look at me. I might yeah. be the oldest one here. Technically should be the most experienced one here, but I don't know any more than you guys would know. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Dyatlov was supposed to send a telegram to, you know, one of the, the campsites that, you know, the truck dropped him off at or whatever, right? And he t- like you said, he told Yuri Yudin, he goes, yeah, I expect to give this to you on February 12th. Uh, but, you know, if it's a couple of days, you know, later, like, you know, don't worry, don't trip. Like, we're just trying to, you know, make our way through this blizzard or hurricane or whatever have you, whatever, right? Uh, so a couple of days go by. It's February 14th. Everyone's sending, like, you know, their love letters and whatnot, right? And so no one's really tripping and whatnot. Uh, but by February 20th, the families of uh, these ten in- or nine individuals start to worry, and they actually demand a rescue operation uh, from the government. So uh, the government goes in. Thankfully, they have, you know, a copy of, like, the itinerary and whatnot. And, you know, they bring helicopters. You know, they bring snowmobiles. They bring, you know, reindeers and shit because that's what the Mansai people are known for is, you know, raising reindeers mm. and getting high off of their piss because uh, they feed. I guess there's, like, I saw this, too. Like, I guess, like, the Mansi tribe, like, they're known for, like, growing, like, magic mushrooms. But they're so toxic that you can't just put them in a taco and fucking eat them and shit and like yeah. trip out like you actually have to have like the reindeers eat them and then what the reindeers piss out is like this like concoct like this concoction like cocktail of like magic mushroom piss and they actually drink like the reindeer piss and like trip out and whatnot mm-hmm. right but anyways that's they neither. filter it through the piss yeah because i guess our livers can't get rid of the toxins but the reindeer's livers can and whatnot so mm. Well, a little piece of uh, information, I guess, you, if you didn't know, you know now kind of thing. Uh, but anyways, like the Mansi, like they jump in and whatnot. So you have like this huge volunteer uh, team like going out, you know, trying to basically find out what happened to, you know, the Dyatlov camp and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few people, you know, they happen upon the actual tent uh, that they set up on the slide of the slope. And they notice, yeah, it's kind of like fucked up. You know, it's been snowed in a little bit due to the blizzard and whatnot. Uh, but they noticed that, you know, the tent was actually cut. So instead of like them, you know, unzipping the tent, they noticed that it was cut open. And I guess later on a seamstress at the police station noticed, Oh shit, this wasn't cut from the outside. This was cut from the inside indicating Mm -hmm. like they were trying to get the fuck out of that tent in a fucking hurry. And keep in mind, this is not a two fucking person tent. This is a big tent. Mm -hmm. They've technically like they sleep in this weird cross formation and they were all, I don't know, there's a debate to where each person slept, but it's a big-ass fucking tent. Yeah. And so I could see how, you know, in a case of emergency, they would want to cut their way out of these things, so. Yeah. Especially, too, you got to think, like, it's negative, what what do we say, like, negative 24 degrees and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, you, like, you've been camping and experienced this, like, in Bakersfield uh, coldness. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're at, like, 50 degrees. Like, the, the metal starts to, you know, do whatever it's going to do, and it gets stuck, right? Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. You got snow. You got blizzard. Like, that metal is, like, bonding basically together and preventing you from, like, unzipping. So, yeah, they yeah. had no choice but to cut their way out of that tent. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know if... uh you know, th- this is like military grade stuff. I don't know if it's gonna have zippers. Mm. When did zippers become invented? Uh, a podcast actually asked the same question. I guess it was in the early 1900s. So yes, they oh, definitely they had zippers in, already in 1959. They had zippers. Oh for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Imagine living in a world without zippers. Yeah. 
Good That's thing. Star Wars. I don't know if you know that, but in Star Wars, they don't have zippers. There's no zippers? No zippers in Star Wars. George oh. Lucas said, I don't want any zippers. Oh, wow. Zippers, not in my not in my movies. Just buttons. Yeah, just buttons or like, that's why everybody's got like little things that flap over and things oh, like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no zippers. Okay. Yeah, but this isn't a galaxy far, far away. This is just in a country far, far away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Interesting. Um, yeah, that was one of the first things that they did notice. They didn't find bodies there. Nope. Not at first. Um, so as like at this point, they requested that the government come help them. And that's important to know, like, hey, something happened here. We need we need the government to come help us. And the government was really slow to respond to this. Mm-hmm. So slow that kids, yeah, they were kids. Kids from the college that they attended they volunteered to go out there and and do the first search party, and they got out there way before government officials went out there and, and searched it, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So they were able to go out there and keep in mind this is not a short thing. They had to go on a train, they had to go get their supplies. It was like not an easy way to get to this mountain, but mm-hmm. they got there before the government did. So they went out there, they did their investigation first, and they found, uh, I believe it was the two gentlemen that were by the tree mm-hmm. um they were the first two to be discovered and right off the bat you find things that were strange about the the two gentlemen the first two bodies that are found it almost looks like they were trying to climb this tree like in a hurry yeah um so much so that i believe like their hands were like their fingernails were starting to come apart like it seems like they were trying to claw their way up this tree yeah and then, like they found f- i don't know how they i never i didn't see a picture of this but every everywhere that i did research there was flesh found on the tree like they were trying to climb it in such a hurry that flesh was actually left behind mm-hmm. like marinate on that for a second that's fucking nuts yeah i assume this is like their hands trying to like Ugh. get off like they were I mean, that is, like, a desperation type of thing. Like, you don't climb like that to, like, you know, fucking, I don't know, just because somebody dared you. Like, yeah. you climb like that because it's life and death type of thing, you know? Correct, yeah. So, that was pretty interesting. I believe also one of these bodies, if not, I think it was just one of these bodies, was the famous body that also had radiation traces mm-hmm. in it, and they were kind of baffled by that Mm -hmm. they also noticed that there were certain body parts that were missing from these individuals and then some body parts were burned too yeah the fire yeah yeah that was super interesting and that was actually the first thing that they noticed that they saw the the traces of a of a fire being built there so this was not okay i mean I, i was trying to to visualize this like so the in your opinion do you think this happened at the same time as the as the the um, the tent, or do you think these people escaped the tent and ran out of the tent? Like I, I have no idea because it's. I don't think anybody knows, and every theory that, and we'll talk about like all ten theories or whatever, right? I don't think anybody knows. I guess what can be speculated is that you know something happened. They mm-hmm. all ran out, and it looks like three different groups of the nine uh, went in three different directions. These two individuals. Uh, they actually, you know, like Art said, were found like in a nearby uh, wooded area and whatnot, right? It looks like they had built a fire and then, you know, like you said, like the flesh was missing. There was flesh on the fucking trees, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another uh, group of people uh, that they found where it looks like they had actually went where they those guys were at 
took some of their clothing, patched it onto themselves, you know, because mm-hmm. you got to think it's negative 24 degrees outside or whatnot, right? And it's important to note that some of these people left without putting their shoes on, without putting their snow boats, boots on, without putting proper clothes on. Some people were found in their underwear still. So that tells you that they left and they left like in their sleeping gear, right? Because they found the boots perfectly intact, you know, all, you know, by the front door of the tent and whatnot, not put on. Uh, but they looked like the other group that went back died of hypothermia trekking on their way back. So picture, if you will, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, like all frozen <laughs> and shit. Yeah, they have like pretty th- much. They found like three of those dudes like frozen in time, like, you know, like Jack Nicholson from The Shining and shit. Looks like they patched th- themselves together with their clothes, just froze to death walking back to the tent. Now, those were the bodies that were found during that expedition. It wasn't until May mm-hmm. of that same year that they found the rest of the bodies. And they believe they were found. And I didn't understand this like when I was reading it. It took me like going on YouTube and watching a few videos for this to be explained. But I guess the other group, the third group, they had made some kind of like snow cave, right? So I guess an igloo, well, uh-huh. just to make it simple or whatever. They made an igloo off the beaten path of where these other people were found. Uh, and you can tell, you know, they were alive for a period of time longer than these other individuals, uh, surviving p- probably off of body heat and whatnot. But half of their clothes are missing and whatnot. And I believe it was one of the girls, her eyeballs were missing as well as her tongue, which was weird, I guess, quote unquote, to say the least. Uh, but their bodies were found above I guess a creek and I didn't understand that. And I was like, like how, how were they found above a creek? Like was like the, the water, uh, frozen and whatnot. And I guess they had made this igloo and then as it started getting colder and colder, their level two experience dictated that you have to dig down deep. So that way you can create like a bigger, um, cocoon of heat you know with all three of your body heats and whatnot Mm -hmm. but the problem is is it there's i don't forget the word and i didn't write it down in my notes but there's kind of a natural phenomenon that happens like where you have a layer of snow but under that layer of snow there is a creek that is still flowing underneath due to you know it not being exposed to the coldness outside so there's Mm -hmm. enough heat for the water to flow still and what happened was is they were digging down to this creek unbeknownst to them that there was water down there and what happened is is they were found under 10 feet of snow and so they were crushed and um some of the injuries um for some of these people so limonada <laughs> leo Leota mila uh, dubanina mm-hmm. uh, she died of internal bleeding and a severe chest wound uh Nicol- nikolai um, Briganolis, uh, he died of a fatal uh, skull injury. And then Alexander Taryov, uh, he uh, died of a severe tre- chest trauma. And they said that that is consistent with injuries that you would find in somebody that died getting hit by a car, basically. Yeah. And then the rest of the, the team were all dubbed that they died uh, from hypothermia, basically. But that's how they found the whole dialogue clan, uh, clan camp, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I mean that I. The more you look at these, like the 
the the I guess like theories that that start popping up like how did this happen like why would they do this why would they was it why would they run out of their tent I guess is number one yeah. qu- the number one question half naked and shit yeah yeah and I think the most you know popular theory that you'll see out there is that there was a avalanche that happened and they had very little time to get out. Mm-hmm. And so they had to cut their way out, which kind of makes sense a little bit. It it kind of makes sense. What doesn't make sense is if if an avalanche happened and everybody got out, because it sounds in, if this theory is correct, it sounds like everybody got out. But the problem with that is why did they split up? And that's kind of like right away. It's like why did they split up? Um, that kind of doesn't make sense that they split up, and so much so that I, they were able to dig caves and start fires. And it's not like they like got out and like died shortly thereafter. Like that kind of doesn't to me that doesn't add up. That like they weren't able to like regroup after that. They couldn't like wait till the sun came up, kind of thing, and like re regroup. I mean, they obviously had enough clothes on them that when a when a mem- it, it almost seems like somebody would die, and this is the theory that people come up with a lot. It's like somebody would die. And they would kind of take the clothes off of them, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that you know. I believe there were members that were just found naked completely. Correct. And whether that's because they would die, and people would take the clothes off of them, or they would, um, when you start to get frostbite and and go down that road, your body starts to heat up so much, you you start to feel like your body's burning. Yeah, because your blood's trying to like warm you up or whatnot. Yeah. yeah, that you start taking clothes off. Yeah, which is called paradoxical undressing yeah yeah so that's that's a very common thing that people feel like your fingertips are burning your your hands mm. and feet are burning and <sighs> like so you start taking clothes off because you don't know what to do that's a possibility although i find that unlikely because these these guys were too experienced to to be fooled by that i don't think that they would be fooled by something like that if they started to feel like their hands are burning uh, I think this is probably more like they died and people took clothes off of them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the more likely thing. I mean, that's what you would do. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this person's dead already. Let's just take their clothes to try to keep ourselves yeah. warm. Why they split up, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that the, the avalanche theory is the most popular theory, and it would make more sense. But even then, like, those two guys that were by the tree, if an avalanche hit them, the tree was kind of unaffected. Mm-hmm. Like, there were things that were just... N- didn't kind of add up to the avalanche thing. Like, why were they trying to climb this tree? Why were they like, was maybe they saw a bear? Well, that doesn't really make sense because it's called dead mountain for a reason. There's no big animals. P- yeah. There's no big predator out there. There's nothing like big that would be chasing them enough to, to go after them like that. Just a lot of just inconsistencies in, in to me in the avalanche theory. And I get it why it's so popular. Cause it's the one that makes the most sense. It fills the most holes but but I don't know. I mean, I think they're too experienced. This is too experienced to be fooled by just an avalanche and not mm-hmm. regroup. So another theory, and like I said, there's like at least ten theories out there because it's important to note too before we jump full into all the theories. Yeah, yeah. Another reason why like there's a lot of theories and some of them are fantastical is because when the government did show up, they cleaned up the scene, closed off that whole area for three years, and sealed the file. Uh, pretty, we're talking 1959, sealed the file for like 50 years. And I guess they didn't open it back up until like 1995. And so like there was a lot of, uh, you know, conjecture and speculation out there. So much so like when the 
the bodies like were were to have like their funerals or whatever. And I don't know why they chose to have fucking open casket funerals for these motherfuckers. Because if uh-huh. you look at some of the like the pictures of them found, like they look disturbing. You know, yeah. like that's that's not a way to fucking die, right? Uh, but anyways, one of the ch- this twelve year old child also named Yuri. There's like twelve Yuris in this this story yeah. and whatnot, right? He says like their skin looked very weird, like it was this this, this grayish copper color or whatever. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all, like it just looked off, right? And it goes into the theory, like you mentioned earlier, there was radiation found on a couple of the bodies. I don't know who had a Geiger counter out there and whatnot, mm-hmm. but they did find fucking radiation on their bodies. One of the biggest theories out there is, and you mentioned a little bit earlier as well, is UFOs slash aliens. Maybe they, you know, were zapped, you know, by the Martians and whatnot, and that's why, you know, there was all this radiation. Yeah, they're like, well, maybe that wasn't ball lightning. Maybe those were UFOs flying around. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that as well, how there was multiple reports of uh, balls of light in the sky, right? And that wasn't just reported by, you know, you know, people in the area, but weeks previously, I guess there was other people, you know, they were hiking that area as well. They reported lights in the sky, as well as, you know, a couple of the Mansai tribe, they actually reported that as well, too. Like, saying, like, hey, we're seeing lights in the sky kind of thing. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the final picture and one of the hikers' film roll showed all these orbs (laughs) in the picture as well. So some people speculate, oh, maybe it was aliens. Yeah, I mean, anytime you bring up a mystery like this, aliens have to come up. I don't know if we've ever had one where it's like, whether it be Malaysia <laughs> Airline or the Yuma Five or whatever yeah. it is. Fucking, what's the what's the uh, the little girl that got murdered? Oh, fucking. Um, <laughs> oh, it was like more than likely her brother, but people. Oh, fucking um, JonBenet Ramsey. JonBenet Ramsey, yeah. It was like aliens, maybe yeah. were involved. An alien like abduction, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like. You you name it, aliens were involved somehow, dude. And like on this one, I'm gonna just go ahead and say no to the alien one. It's just because, mm-hmm. all right, the radiation thing comes up a lot, and so like let's just nip it in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing about that one is, I guess the two that had the radiation, they worked at some point in radiation, like producing factories at to some capacity. So, mm-hmm. and this is during the time period where like radiation was like not viewed as a big threat so you just wear your clothes you can drink the water out of where the the plutonium is going into it's It's fine nothing bad will happen to you yeah it was not a big deal radiation was not it just looks like limonada (laughs) limonada you know why they named you that I don't know yeah (laughs) so like and they also worked in a uh, uh, a radiate plutonium factory that was responsible for the third worst accident and they actually had to clean that up as well so yeah. like that was like their job and shit was to do that so of course they had radiation on their clothing yeah so that one you can kind of dismiss because i know a lot of the conspiracy theories are like oh why was there radiation there why was it and it's important to note too that the lantern that they were using the mm-hmm. fuel that was being used to fuel that lantern was also producing high levels of radiation as well. So you got to think if you're the one sitting closest to that lantern, you're going to have quite a, quite a bit of radiation. Yeah. On you. Oh, by the way, have, it reminds me, have you seen like that art that I guess they used to use glass that was like made out of uranium and whatnot back in the fifties as well. Like that's here in America. Like sometimes you can oh. go to like, like swap meets or, um, 
like those antique road shows like and stained glass type of thing or yeah no it's like like a here's a lamp base and it's like made out of like uranium or whatever and like you turn off the light and it like just glows like just oh, naturally no, glows dude. that shit's freaky as fuck and that's, that's a real thing dude the funny that's thing why is people like, are dying of cancer you remember like those like glow sticks and all that shit like i know they still make them but i'm pretty sure like we're gonna find out like that shit it was like de- oh dude do you remember like la is it la gears like the shoes oh, that yeah. have the lights yeah like they got like taken off the market because they were found out like the shit they were putting in there was like giving kids cancer and shit fuck no way yeah you didn't know that i did not dude, know that. we should do an episode on la gears <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah what dude, happened to they them? were really popular you remember that like in yeah. the early 90s like, I right. if, dude if your feet didn't light up bro like you were fucking not cool dude i remember wanting to grow up to be fucking jesus bro but uh yeah i'm so glad my mom was poor she didn't buy me those because i yeah. remember i wanted those so bad yeah, yeah dude Cancer free since seventy three or whatever. Like <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, they they were a big deal, dude. I remember like as a kid, I remember I I, I don't know if I had an old pair or whatever. I remember I ripped the little thing out of the shoe. It's like a little box, dude. Oh man. I better go get tested for uranium and shit, dude. You like better, dude. You better. like no, that that shit was like cancerous as fuck, dude. Like there were like high levels of radiation. Oh man. Yeah, they didn't find out till like six or seven years later, dude. But yeah, yeah. So L.A. Knights or L.A. Gears. L.A. Gears. Yeah. L.A. Gears were responsible for yeah. fucking. <laughs> and then also too, those pictures of the orbs. Yeah. I didn't know this, but I guess it was common uh, back then. The last film, the last picture in the film roll would always have like those things because that that's. What what you would have out and like the lighting like like the light bulbs or whatever that were in the room would fuck up that that portion of the film. So that's what you're actually seeing mm. in those pictures. So it wasn't uncommon back in 1959 for you to have the last picture in the roll to be that. So yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't really put that much weight into the uh, UFO alien thing. Mm-hmm. The one that pops up a lot is the. Um, the Bigfoot theory. Oh, the Yeti. The, the Yeti theory is like maybe a Yeti was attacking them. and Maybe. You know what? When you look at where they were in the mountains, they were way the fuck up there, dude. They were in the fucking North Pole, dude. Like yeah. they were fucking. Yeah. Like Santa Claus was right there, bro. Yeah. But like. I mean, there was fucking reindeers around there. Come yeah, on, man. It was like they're way up there. Like look it up in the map. They're way the fuck up there. Like tough, tough place to be. Um, So. I can definitely see um, a scenario uh, <laughs> where uh, there could be a Bigfoot there or a Yeti. I mean, it, it sounds... Or there was even a local legend, right? So, yeah, so the local Mansi tribe, you know, named that mountain, you know, Dead Mountain, but their version of the Yeti was called the Mink. So they had, like, you had, like, a history of this yeah. cryptid there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like if I had to like rank them I'm gonna say like aliens I'm gonna put like zero percent but Bigfoot I'm actually gonna say like you know I'm gonna give it like three out of ten on on the Bigfoot because like <laughs> there is there's a little I, Bigfoot I never discredit completely I'm gonna say at least three out of ten a potential Bigfoot attack because one their bodies were like destroyed like mm-hmm. like the guy whose chest was like destroyed like looked like he was in a car accident eyeballs were removed and people always say like oh well you know predators could have taken him well t- two issues with that predators it would have to be a relatively small animal like we're talking rodents or something like that that would go after eyeballs um but there weren't that many predator like any 
carnivores up there to begin with. So, mm-hmm. like, that's an issue. And then also the bodies were heavily frozen. And why didn't they go after the other ones? It was kind of strange. But I could see how, like, okay, I'll, Bigfoot, I'll, I'll entertain the uh, Bigfoot theory just a smidge. Yeah. Because it, it, it find it a little bit interesting. And speaking of cameras, one of the f- pictures in the camera actually, quote, unquote, catches a picture yeah. of the Yeti on there or whatever. It's probably just like a person that <laughs> it was it, in the background, but it does look like the Yeti's wearing clothes. Yeah. I can't, I can't make it out cause it looks like just more of a silhouette. Yeah. But it does look like that silhouette's wearing a jacket. He's wearing a Columbia outdoors yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you put it in those contexts, like you put that conjecture in there that, Oh yeah, it's the Yeti or whatever. Yeah. Your eyes will trick you to believe that that is a Yeti. And I don't know who it is or what it is and whatnot. Uh, but if you told me like, oh yeah, that's just Phil. Like he was in there, like he was yeah. trying to bang Limonada and shit. And like, oh okay, it's Phil, I guess. So because yeah. it's like, trying to impress her by drinking fifteen <laughs> pina coladas and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it it it's to me, it's like that being conditioned to see what you're gonna see kind of thing. Because it's very it's very um, dubious that picture and whatnot, right? So, anyways, I'm not putting any um, weight into the Yeti either because. Oh yeah, the only tracks that they found in the whole region were the tracks of the the, the those hikers. Mm. Right? So you're going zero out of ten on the Yeti. Zero out of ten. I mean, if they would have found like some suspicious tracks, like yeah. some big feet or yeah. on there or whatever, unless like the Yeti, unless they. Uh, but the, keep in mind, so I get I get what you're saying, but like there had been a blizzard there, like tracks would have been covered up. Like, and I thought about that too, but why was why were their tracks prevalent? Mm, true. Yeah. Unless their tracks got like frozen in place, and I don't know. I mean, I, Yeti works in mysterious ways, dude. <laughs> like they're fucking magical ass creatures. He flies. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe, or yeah. he like shimmers yeah. out of this dimension into yeah. the next. I'm not putting a lot of a lot of weight into it, but I'd say at least a, a three out of ten. The mm-hmm. Yeti, and to going to go down that that pathway. Initially, uh, the police uh, were looking into this as a homicide due to the injuries of the other people. And like white people usually do, they blame the dark skinned people. So they thought it was the uh, Mansai tribe mm-hmm. that actually uh, killed them. But it turns out they were too busy tripping on reindeer piss to do that. Well, speaking of reindeer piss, a lot of people think that they took drugs and they might have taken those mushrooms mm-hmm. themselves, maybe not knowing the region. Like they were experienced, but they weren't that experienced. You know that Michael Scott episode of The Office where he tries to go survive and he's about to eat some mushrooms? <laughs> like maybe they were tripping out. They were tripping hard on these on these mushrooms that could maybe. potentially kill them, and they were acting irrational. Maybe the two that broke off in the group were the ones that were like, "Dude, we got to get away from these people. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna kill each other. Like they're acting all kinds of crazy." Yeah, the bath salt yeah, fucking I mean, mushrooms and shit. It's possible. I yeah. I actually that one that one I will put some weight on, right? Because it's like you got to think like all you've been eating is like some shitty ass bread, you know, to carb up. You, you want a little bit of flavor in your life, right? Yeah. Maybe they, maybe it wasn't even mushrooms. Maybe it was some berries or some shit that just happened yeah. to be growing and shit. And they're like, oh, yes, I got my level two certification. This should be a safe berry. And then they eat the berry, and it turns out to be the last berry you, you ever eat in your life. You're telling me if if uh, you're out on an expedition, all of a sudden your buddy Yuri is like over here cooking up some mushroom cream soup, you're not going to have a bowl or two of that? Come on, man. It's like, okay, all right, Yuri, showing up. With the, okay, oh, coming in clutch. Oh, with, you trying to show mushrooms. Off the, trying to show off the limonada oh, over here. Huh? Limonada's about to suck your dick. <laughs> 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 
And like the two dudes that were all bitter about it, like hey Seuss over here is like, I'm not having that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat this dry eat my ass bread. Goddamn bread, yeah. Hell no, they put fucking olives in that soup, dude. <laughs> black ones too. They put black olives in that soup. I'm not eating that shit. Cause like, luckily that saves him for a little bit. He, you know. Fucking runs to the radiation tree or whatever. <laughs> uh, I've have seen that as a potential a theory that uh, that's not yeah. an original one that I have seen people online talk about how they might have taken something, mm. some hallucinogenics, and maybe those mushrooms that you had mentioned that were in mm. the area maybe tripped them out and made them go do some crazy shit. And that is a possibility. And yeah. I, I will say, you know, if I'm going to say Yeti at a three... I'm going to say this one probably closer to 6.5 to me. That sounds about right to me because we don't know if mushrooms naturally grow out there without the man size help. So yeah, yeah. we don't know. But uh, And there's no proof to support it. But it is a good theory. Uh, the other one is to kind of go down the, the, you know, the more terrestrial thing is that the, there was a serial killer in the region. Hmm. Now, my only problem with that is, again, you didn't see any other tracks other than those that were made by, you know, the diet love campers or whatever. Right. Um, as well as who the fuck, I mean, yeah, there is some evil motherfuckers do evil motherfuckers out there like BTK and whatnot. Right. But who's going to hike all the way the fuck out there just to happen upon like a the chance to kill like some campers or whatnot. Right. Like this is uninhabitable region and whatnot unless like he was stalking them from like a mile behind and was willing to like weather a fucking storm and then like fucking cover his tracks with like a fucking broom and whatnot right like i just don't see that happening yeah i i don't see that happening either and not because because of that because i I do think that even modern day serial killers like a lot of times like they'll pick off like a single woman going on a hike or single Mm -hmm. woman and her dog or whatever like that's a pretty common thing that happens in today's society yeah but this is a group of like 12 dudes you know like in their prime like 20 year old something you know 23 year olds like you know with all that fucking testosterone running through them and all this bread yeah they got fucking bread and shit and (laughs) fucking yuri's cooking mushroom soup (laughs) like (laughs) like i could see how they're like that's not a serial killer's paradise you know like a serial killer does not want to take on like Fucking mm-hmm. twelve dudes or whatever. Like Unless his name's Jesus Fuentes. Yeah, yeah. Not not a good idea, dude. Yeah. Probably not. I I don't. I, I'm gonna actually say like I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and say zero on that one. Yeah. Another terrestrial explanation is a uh, catabatic winds, right? And so I guess um, I had to Wikipedia what the fuck a catabatic wind was or whatever, right? And it shows a picture of like these violent winds that go up a mountain and then come down the mountain with even more force, right? So you mentioned that it couldn't possibly been a, you know, an avalanche due to, you know, the evidence that just didn't support it or whatever, right? So they said that it's very possible, you know, they had hurricane-like conditions or whatever, right? That the winds went up and then came down with even more force and hit them and that's why they had to get the hell out of there is because, you know, they were afraid, you know, they were going to get, you know, caught up in this wind and that's why they went all different directions is to kind of escape like that very i guess it's like a concentrated wind it was just focusing right on them and the searchers they did note that the tent had moved quite a bit from where they originally um set it up in i guess it was like 20 or 30 feet and then it was on its side and whatnot right and the only way they can explain that is either an avalanche or these catabatic winds Hmm. that is interesting i so that I didn't look that much into, but I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'm gonna chew on that one because that one that that sounds right. Like let's say it will win hit it and knocks the tent out of its place. They go rolling in the in the tent and that's why they have to cut their way out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're disoriented. Maybe that's why two of them broke away from the group. And you got to think, like, this is in the dead of night, right? You, there's a winter storm, right? We've all seen Frozen. That, that mm-hmm. fucking snow doesn't give, you know, light a chance to, you know, permit yeah. or whatever, right? It's in the middle of the night. So you got to think, it's probably pitch blackout, right? Yeah. And they probably jump out of the tent trying to figure out what they're going to do and get lost within this blizzard, right? And that's a very possible possible explanation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I could see that one. That one that one I do find interesting. Uh same as the last one, I'm gonna probably put that one as a six point five as a possibility that might have happened. Okay. Uh and another one too is um infus infrasound. So this one kinda goes into the natural and I don't want to say supernatural, but uh infrasound. So the winds also could have caused a situation where it was creating a frequency that lent itself to uh, the team go- basically going crazy due to like that low frequency and whatnot, mm-hmm. which is a real thing, which I guess does happen sometimes. And like the conditions hit just right that it created this this situation, right? Which is possible, but there's no evidence to support it. Another one that's out there is that it was some kind of weapon by either the U.S. military, because again, this is during the Cold War, or their own government, who was testing weapons out there in that region. It's a desolate region. It's kind of the opposite of Area 51, which is, you know, in America. It's in the middle of the desert. This one's in the middle of, like, fucking, you know, Santa Claus land and shit, right? They have the ability to do that out there and whatnot. And maybe they were testing, like, you know, Havana Syndrome-type, you know, weapons out there. And it created a situation where they all went crazy. Because you are right. They all went in these three different directions, didn't make sense. They were in their fucking socks and chonies and shit. What the fuck happened? Maybe it was infrasound. Hmm. I, I I don't know if you have it on your conspiracies list, but I did see one where maybe the Russian military or the KGB was testing out like nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. and maybe like some of that nuclear dust drifted up into their region, and maybe that's why they freaked out and didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um. That I do find. I mean, I don't put anything but past Russia, dude. I feel yeah. like they're like. I mean, for Christ's sakes, when they were doing like the space race, I mean, they just launched people up into space and like yeah. lost cosmonauts and shit. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, yeah, fucking dogs they sent up there, monkeys and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is during the exact same time frame. Yeah. You know what? I I, I told you about that game that I'm playing. It's like a survivor horror mo- survivor horror game. I'm blinking out on the name right now, but one of the things that they do that's really creepy is like. Like you'll find like radio stations and they're all like um like number stations and I'm always like, dude, this is like fucking weird as shit, dude. Like there's no soundtrack to the game either. It just mm-hmm. fucking gives you like a really creepy thing. But anyways, one of the creepiest things, like sound recordings, I think we did an episode where we talked about like creepy sound recordings is like that lost cosmonaut, the mm-hmm. one that's like a woman, and she's mm-hmm. like saying that she's like it feels really warm. Oh, she's on fire. Ah, I'm dying. Ah. Like, that's a fucking terrifying as recording, dude. That is, yeah. And they really did that shit, too. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's Russia. <laughs> the good old USSR, right? Yeah. Uh, to go kind of continue down that road, uh, this would also explain, like, the lights in the sky that they uh, saw. Uh, but this is legit fact. Uh, the military was uh, using what's called parachute mines, where they hmm. basically would 
drop bombs, but they would have parachutes on them. Think back to like old school Looney Tunes or whatever, right? And instead of them detonating as they hit the earth, they detonated in the middle of the sky, creating, you know, an explosion, which would create, you know, some kind of light, uh, which could create all sorts of echoey sounds and whatnot, right? Maybe they thought that that was, was an avalanche about to happen, right? Because when you watch avalanche videos, which I did this week or whatever, right? You hear a very loud cracking or explosive sound, which means, oh shit, a fuck ton of fucking snow is going to come your way here in like two seconds and whatnot. And who's to say that that didn't happen? Yeah, no, that, that actually would make sense because they have like a reaction to an avalanche. The reaction kind of adds up. But you don't really see all the symptoms of a of an avalanche afterwards, so mm-hmm. that kind of actually makes sense if it was something like that. If they heard something like that and it freaked them out, mm-hmm. and then that's why they decided to run. And it also explains why the government, you know, closed off the area for three years and then sealed the file for fifty plus years. Yeah, apparently they just recently reopened it mm-hmm. as like an open case or whatever. Yeah, back in twenty twenty. Yeah, so but now it's like all the evidence is like destroyed. There's nothing left to like look at besides like things you find online. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I mean, there's really there's just nothing really to look at. So, yeah, yeah the one that I saw is that yeah, back in twenty nineteen they wanted to reopen it. Twenty twenty they re- they did reopen it, and then they all landed on you know avalanche again, and. I think this is where I think if you were talking about a regular and I didn't know this before I started doing research or whatever. Right. Uh, But I guess you have two different types of uh, avalanches, you know, the avalanches that you automatically think in your head. No, I'm not talking about the Colorado avalanche of the NHL or whatever. Right. But, you know, the avalanche that you see where it's just like this formless uh, um, body of snow and air just like flying down the mountain and whatnot. Right. And that's what the researcher or the original volunteer rescue group, they were looking at. And they're like, well, if this was an avalanche, you would see kind of like, you know, like a river, like it would cut, you know, some kind of a pathway, you know, through like the driven snow. Uh, You would see like the trees affected, like a lot more shit like would have been affected if it was that type of avalanche. And so they were looking at all possibilities, you know, minus, you know, the military being at fault here because mm-hmm. the government's not going to put themselves at fault. Uh, but they were looking at all sorts of possibilities, even like the UFOs and the Yeti. You know, they were digging around trying to find any evidence that could support any of that. But they kept going back to avalanche. And just like you, I was just like, what? Well, but, you know, they debunked this already. It wasn't an avalanche or whatnot. But I guess, again, there's a second type of avalanche, which is a slab avalanche. So I was like, what the fuck is that? So I go on YouTube yeah. and I look up slab avalanche and yeah, a regular That's avalanche. That's the one where it freezes underneath so the top layer can just slide right off. Yeah, which is scarier. I mean, both types of avalanches are scary as fuck. If you are doing if you're not doing anything, you're taking a poop and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> look those videos up and you'll be freaked out and glad you live in California if you're one of our faithful listeners here or South Africa. Uh, but you're like, thank God I don't live near that much snow. Uh, but a slab avalanche is scary because it it is possible that during this snowstorm, um, Igor Dyatlov, uh, when he was pitching the tent, and when you pitch a tent, you have to, you know, cut into, you know, the earth uh, to anchor in, you know, the poles that you have to set up your tent with. It is possible that he loosened some snow and created a slab avalanche. Like I mentioned earlier with like those catabatic winds, 
you do see that the the tent moved down about 20 feet and with the uh the snow coming down that that's automatic from you know the the blizzard that's happening they could have thought that it was a regular avalanche jumped out of the tent and as the the slab was moving they experienced all these injuries you mentioned we mentioned earlier you know like the fatal skull injury the internal bleeding and chest wound um, all this chest trauma to Alexander or whatnot. Who's to say that, you know, that they didn't get hit, you know, slammed into something and then they mm-hmm. ran off, you know, in the dead of night, you know, trying to find shelter and then succumb to their wounds. One of the girls, she actually was found pressed up against the rock. That didn't get talked up about enough either until mm-hmm. I started looking up all the pictures. Her dead body was found frozen like she had been slammed into the rock. And unless, like, the Yeti was, like, pretending it, like he was Nolan Ryan and, like, you know, throwing her against a rock, the only other explanation could be that catabatic wind or that slab avalanche that smashed her into that rock. So it's possible that, mm-hmm. to me, that it was that. And then, yeah, of course the Russian government is going to want to land on on avalanche if they have some kind of, something to do with it. But it's not just the Russian government. I guess, like, some Swiss... Um, research team that like recreates like snowstorms and you know does all these recreations. I guess they were watching Frozen and were yeah. so <laughs> impressed by the way Disney was able to like uh, make the snow look in Frozen that they actually went to Disney and asked them like, "Hey, dude, like, how did you get the snow to like move? You know, very naturally and stuff like that. We can use that in our um, our recreations and whatnot." And I guess Disney showed them. They went back and did a recreation of, you know, uh, the the weather events that were happening, you know, in January and February 1959 in the region. And they're like, yeah, it's really possible that a slab avalanche happened if he was, you know, cutting into the mountain with his tent. Even Yuri Yudin even said that, hey, like, it's possible that they didn't go back down, you know, during this time frame because... Uh, Igor was the type of asshole. He would be like, no, I don't want to use ele- lose elevation that we've already had and, you know, lose time off of this trip. And he also was like, oh, this will help me get to level three if I practice um, camping on a mountain slope. So it's mm-hmm. very possible slab avalanche could be a theory, but nobody actually knows except for the people that died. Yeah, I I had heard that the slab avalanche that's some that's the most like popular one right now. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, same thing as a normal avalanche. Like the the trees were also unaffected. Those mm-hmm. two guys, why did they It sound like even like the the Dietloff guy. Dietloff was found in like a weird pose himself. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about that where like he looks like he's like almost like ripping his clothes off or something like he's doing like Yeah. The Cam Newton thing, <laughs> the Cam Newton celebration, uh, very strange. I mean, there's there's some there's there's honestly more questions than there is answers, and I can understand. I I totally get the 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 avalanche theory. Like it it makes sense. It mm-hmm. it's a very popular one for a reason because it, it it makes sense. It 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 answers the most questions for sure, and maybe that's that's the right one because what's that the optimum's razor or whatever optimum's razor yeah optimum's razor yeah yeah where it's like the most likely the, ans- the simplest one is a yeah yeah is often the correct answer i mean yeah i mean that uh, kind of sounds correct to me i mean i think that that answers the question for the most part i mean there's still a couple of like 
why did those two guys try to climb the tree? I mean, obviously they were, they started a fire, so it wasn't the avalanche anymore. Yeah. Like, kind of a lot of like little things, you know, like they were obviously there for at least a day or two before they died. Succumbed to them. Yeah. yeah. So like, why didn't they try like f- going home or like finding a, putting an SOS thing out there? I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It, it's yeah. a thousand questions that, that arise from this one. We'll probably never know. Yeah. I don't think we're going to know. Yeah. I mean, I would say too that like, it did look like one group had tried to trek back to the tent <laughs> where all the supplies were wow. and like died on their way back and shit. But I mean, my ass would have died like the first day. Yeah, like oh, there's yeah, no dude. way I would have definitely developed. I, I would have died point. on the train right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna it's lie. Too, too cold, dude. You mean to tell me we're only gonna eat bread, and then this asshole is gonna try his best to make mushroom <laughs> yeah. soup? Like get the fuck out L- of here, Lemonada. You're not that hot, dude. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lemonada. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nah, nah. Yeah. Anyway, interesting stuff, dude. Definitely, yeah. like I recommend looking up the pictures. Um, yeah, if you're interested in this one, because the the no podcast will do it justice. I think you have to look at the pictures and like see how fucking cold it looks in the pictures where they have their skis buried in the snow and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, and just the fact too that like those kids, they were kids, right? Like, oh yeah. Like was an Igor. Like he fucking looks like he's fucking. I know he's 21 or 23 yeah. or whatever, right? But he looks like he can easily be like 14, 15, or 16. Yeah, right? they look yeah. like children. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is sad, but. Yeah. Anyways, man, good topic. <laughs> good topic. Interesting stuff, dude. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. So if you have any theories or if you want to support any of our theories, guys, uh, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America on all the social medias, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Because, goddamn, son. Sometimes that's how mushroom soup is done. Just dip a little fucking A1 sauce in there. Oh, yeah, shit, for sure, right? uh, But if you want to help support this podcast, guys, if you like what you hear and you want to love something else, guys, head on over to the Patreon where every single week we put together a bonus episode uh, for your listening pleasure. So head on over to patreon.com slash America. Uh, nine times out of ten, those bonus episodes are better than the actual episodes that you're hearing today for free. So if you like us here, you'll love us over there. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend hanging on over to the website, rnjacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links where we currently have four designs up there. Uh, and it's not so much to help us monetarily, but it does help get the good word out for our podcast. So let's say you're going on a fucking hike, right? Please don't go to fucking Russia and go hiking. Please, God, for fuck's sake, dude. It's not that important to have your level three. Like, is not going to suck your dick because <laughs> you went from a level two to a level three because yeah. of that shit, right? Be a nice guy. How about you just go on a hike to Hart Park or whatever? But when you do, guys, wear an Art Jacob Do America t-shirt made out of uh, incredible uh, material. You can wash it after your hike when it's all dusty and dirty and whatnot, and it'll still be pristine. But everybody on that hike, on that journey, everybody that you run across on the trail, they'll see our Art Jacob Do America t-shirt, listen to our podcast, and have something to listen to while you're on a hike, guys. Uh, It'll help us greatly because you'll be a walking billboard if you will. Uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to podbelly.com where we are official members of the Podbelly Network. So check out uh, the website. Check out other great podcasts such as our homeboys from uh, the great and powerful Sofa King podcast as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Robots for Us. But with that said, Art, I don't know why all of a sudden at the end of the episode my voice started to want to take a fucking vacation and shit, but it yeah. did. Uh, but with that said, I'm done, dude. I'm done too, dude. I'm ready for a fucking Sunday nap, dude. Yeah, me me as well. Yeah. So with that said, goodbye and good night.